0: You're listening to the Healing from CPTSD podcast. My name is Justin Vanderwind, and I am your host. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about learning to recognize healthy behavior versus unhealthy behavior in yourself and others. If you haven't done so already, be sure to visit our website at healingfromcptsd.com and sign up on our email list for regular updates, as well as a free weekly newsletter. If you're interested in taking your life back from CPTSD and narcissistic abuse, the Healing from CPTSD course is now available on our YouTube channel, completely free of charge. This course has some of the best tools and strategies for understanding and overcoming CPTSD in your life. Feel free to check it out. All links will be in the description below. Alright everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Healing from CPTSD. My name is Justin Vanderwind, and I am your host. It's good to be back with you again. I know we've uh, I've dropped down to doing uh, two episodes a month so I could do stuff over on the YouTube channel, which I'm sure some of you have seen. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun over there, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot shorter. But you know what's nice about the whole podcast thing is you don't have to... You, it's just recording audio. So I could be sitting here in my pajamas with my hair all m- messed up, and you would never know. <laughs> so uh, so it's, it's, it's fun doing both. But um, anyway, so in today's episode, I really wanted to talk about learning to recognize healthy versus unhealthy behavior, both from the narcissist as well as, frankly, from anyone else, right? Because um, this this is a huge source of, of confusion and sort of inner, I guess, angst for many of us, uh, especially if you grew up with, in an unhealthy and, and dysfunctional environment. It's, you know, you're... Your mind's sort of concept of quote normal or normal behavior, or how people are supposed to normally behave, is all messed up because you you grew up with unhealthy people. I mean that's that's really all it boils down to, and that's regardless if they're a narcissist or not. So, um, I, and you know, having d- gone through that myself and developed more of a, um, you know, it's like my the narcissist really beats you down, right? They beat you down emotionally and and mentally. So I was kind of like. How do I put this? You know, growing up as a kid, I was kind of like, <laughs> I, I was just a beat down kid. You know, I was, I, my self-esteem was low. My self-confidence was low. Um, I was constantly nervous and and having anxiety because I didn't, I didn't know like if someone else was going to treat me the way my mother was. And you know, it's weird when, when your abuser is one of your parents, because it's like, you know, if you're, if you're just dealing with like your classic bully in the schoolyard, I mean, you could go home and Maybe talk to your dad about it or something and they could say, oh, yeah, just go stand up to that bully and gain, you know, gain your courage, son or daughter or whatever. But when it's your family member, it's like you can't. Especially if they're a narcissist, it's like you're not allowed to stand up to them, right? Like you're, and, and so what happens is you're not allowed to assert yourself. You're not allowed to really be a confident individual. You know, you're, it's almost like you're not allowed to have high self-esteem. And the narcissist actively beats it out of you, even if I, I'm using the word beats, but it could just be like verbal beatings or emotional beatings. And so that all becomes normal for us. And, uh, you know, so for me going through that and, and, you know developing into more of a people-pleasing codependent type of a personality just to that was my own mind's way of trying to I mean first of all they tell you to be nice right as a kid be nice right that's one of the first lessons of life be nice one time I told this girl her uh, drawing was ugly (laughs) and I got in big trouble and uh you know they said be nice and I said all right I I will so, you know, I always thought it was a good idea to be nice and friendly and helpful and, you know, try to be a nice in- person. And, uh, you know, and so that's kind of how I, but some people thought that was, you know, that came across as like, um, you know, I, I mean, there were, there were people pleasing elements there, but I'm a kid, te- preteen, teenager, young adult, adult who just, I don't know how else to act, right? And that's because of the behavior patterns that, of the world that I came from. And so, you know learning to even out in the world like learning what healthy versus unhealthy behavior was from other people i didn't know what that was i i, I, I to me it was it was as simple as either you're nice or you're mean my mom is really mean my parents are, you know, yelling and screaming all the time. But as far as, like, emotional, you know, like, communication skills, like, where you're communicating effectively but also taking the person and their emotional self into account when you're doing so, that all, I had to learn all that. Um And so, you know, even when I started getting into relationships with, with dating and all that kind of stuff, and even friendships, you know, there were times where people would... Take advantage of me. Like, I was one of those people that, you know, people, some people would take advantage of. And I, I, I kind of let that happen to a certain degree because my, <laughs> my, my, my coping mechanism was be nice until they cross the line and then be mean. You know, like that's, I flipped over to, hey, I don't, because I didn't know how to communicate my boundaries in a healthy way. It was just either I was passive or if that didn't work, I had to go into aggressive mode to some extent. If someone was, you know, breaching my boundaries or or taking advantage to a degree that that just wasn't, that I wasn't going to have. You know, and obviously those coping skills, those communication skills on my part were not healthy. But again, I had no no way of knowing what healthy was, right? I, di- I didn't know what else to do. I had no examples in my life. I had no one teaching me or training me. There wa- Actually, there was teaching and training, but it was all really unhealthy, toxic, dysfunctional stuff that I was being conditioned with, right? So this is kind of how I, I grew up and, and interacted with a lot of people. And this is, and you know, learning healthy boundaries is important, right? And how to assert those boundaries and how to be assertive yourself is really important. And all that definitely falls under the category of healthy behavior on your part. But I was also one of those people who... How do I put this? I would kind of tolerate dysfunctional behavior, because that's from different people at different times, because of how my family was, right? Like, because the truth is, like, with my family, and and we know this, like, dealing with narcissists, it's like, you, the solution is no contact, right? You just don't, that's it, right? I mean, that's the real solution, but you couldn't, you just had to, because, you know, like, for example, growing up in my family, if I if I wanted to be assertive or speak up for what I truly thought or felt or talked about how I felt, which is really uncomfortable and really sort of like I was under attack on a regular basis or under, you know, uh, the threat of attack or I was ha- having to walk on eggshells and the, just the whole, the whole environment, um, growing up for me was really un- just uncomfortable to say the least. Right. So if I were to speak up for, if I was, if I was to be authentic and genuine with my feelings and speak up for that and, and, you know, I, it would start a fight. That's what would happen. It just wouldn't work. That, and that's what ultimately ended up happening with me and my family is that I just I just could not, you know, I, I had to choose between the integrity of my own being and my own feelings and my own truth and my own mind and my own authenticity and sort of the story and the dysfunctional narrative and, and behavior of, of my family, right? Because for growing up, what what I would do is I would just sort of go along with the, the BS, right? like Like allow them to just carry on their dysfunctional behavior or or just kind of pretend like nothing's wrong and to, you know i had to kind of do that just to survive right just and that for me it was more about just trying not to start an argument or a fight or something you know it's just kind of like letting them be the way they they are and it's, again it's weird when you're a kid and the, the adults are the abusive toxic ones because it's like they can always pull that card like, well, you're the kid. I'm the adult. So you got to do whatever I say or, or whatever. Like there's that element of speaking up is, is some kind of disrespect or, or something, even if it's dysfunctional and abusive stuff they're saying to you. Um, so I, I kind of, and many of you could probably relate to this, but I was, I was kid because I had to do that so often with people where, where I, I took my genuine feelings on, on anything, uh, or opinions, or thoughts, or feelings, or what I really thought, and what I really wanted wanted to say in any given situation, I put that sort of to the side, right? Like, I kind of buried it, and just so that, you know, to, to sort of appease the dysfunctional people, and again, because I was a kid, there was, I didn't really have a choice, you know what I mean? Like, I, ha- I had to be around these people, and it was just a defense mechanism, but the problem was, I did it so much that I started to lose myself, right? Like, I started to lose, like, I, I forgot. I started to do it out in the world. Like, I would just allow, you know, or or I would be more, I'd put who I am and and who, what I really felt and thought in any situation, like, I buried it, right? And I just became, like, a people pleaser and just smiled a lot and kind of, like, you know, just told people what they want to hear, that type of stuff. And the problem was I lost my own voice. I lost myself. I know it was really uncomfortable, and it took a while to to find that again. But I, in the, in the in the process of doing all that, I was I was sort of allowing un, other unhealthy behavior into my life with other unhealthy people, right? with unhealthy boundaries and unhealthy stuff. I mean, I I was never like a, I never had like any drug issues or alcohol problems or anything like that, but I knew a lot of people, you know, especially growing up in South Florida, you know, I knew a lot of people. I went to school with a lot of people that got into drugs or, you know, OD'd and passed away or just, you know, I had friends that, you know, that it got to the point where like I, I was actually in some situations where I was like having to bring them to detox and and uh, all you know, all that kind of stuff, and that and that's where I started finding out about twelve step groups and Coda and you know Al-Anon and all that stuff. And that's where I started learning about the boundaries. Right? Twelve step groups are a great way to learn about healthy versus unhealthy behavior and how to recognize it in yourself and others. But <clears throat> because I also grew up with a narcissist, right, and multiple narcissists, narcissistic abuse, my brain, like, my concept psychologically of what was healthy or not even healthy but acceptable behavior was really warped, right, like, to the point where it was very confusing for me, and, you know, even in, in relationships, more like with girlfriends and, and stuff like that, I would notice myself allowing bad behavior from them <laughs> does this sound familiar for the ladies out there? Like, this is, I'm sure you, cause this seems like the classic situation with women and men, right? Like, it's like the women are doing what I'm doing, being the, the codependent one who's sort of like allowing certain behavior to go on that's probably not the healthiest, right? Just to sort of appease them or make them happy or whatever. But, you know, it really is confusing. And so I, I, this applies to myself, my own mind, but I also see it a lot in, different Facebook groups uh, for um, you know narcissistic abuse support and all all that kind of stuff, where there's so many people that are always asking questions about not only what they should do with with a narcissist in their life, But they'll they'll give examples of sometimes they'll even include like text messages between the two of them and their abusive person in their life uh, with people and they and they what they are trying to do is they're trying to figure out and understand what's going on here with this person like is there I see it so much and it's basically like is this what what's going on here folks like is this they're they're asking us like is this what kind of behavior is this? Do I Is this a red flag or do I need to be alarmed? And so, uh, you know, I, I had that a lot, too. Like, I didn't know what red flag. You know, people talk about red flags, but there's some of us that grow up or we're conditioned in a way where we don't even really know what red flags are. I mean, we've heard the term red flags, but we don't... In real the real world, we don't really know how to spot them all the time. I mean, I know for a, a rational, healthy person, it seems ridiculous but that's kind of one of the problems of growing up in a really dysfunctional abusive home is that your ability to spot red flags it just isn't there really it's compromised so what what helped me right and then and then i you probably can relate to this too but i would have so i can't tell you how many situations i've had with people all through my life In so many different situations over the years where something would happen or something was somebody would say something, even if it was on social media or something. And it left me kind of like obsessing in my mind about what that person said or what they meant or if I said something inappropriate. And that's the other thing. Like we don't even a lot of us don't even recognize our, our own unhealthy communication skills. And so we're having to relearn all this, but because we're having to relearn all it, re- relearn all of it, we're not confident and we don't really know what healthy behavior looks like or what healthy communication looks like. So there came a point where for myself, cause you know, it's, it's, we always fall into that classic, is it me or is it them sort of argument in our own minds, I think we're always doing that, right? Is it me? Is it them? Is, you know, is it, and you're like nitpicking and, and obsessing about every little detail that you said and thought and did to see if if you were wrong in, the, in that particular situation or if, or if it was them or if, or if their behavior was justified or if your behavior was justified. So what I did for myself that I found to be really helpful was, first of all, I, I experienced in my life, and some of you may never have experienced this but i've been to places where people had healthy emotional behavior and what's interesting is it was very uncomfortable for me for a cert- to a certain degree because it was so alien it was so fundamentally alien to what i was used to right and and this is kind of kind of ties into what they call like trauma bonds and just honestly being bonded to the Traumatic dysfunctional dynamic of your family itself, it's weird because you know your family or or whatever, whoever you're dealing with, is they make you feel bad on a regular basis, but there comes a point where you get kind of used to it and that becomes your normal. And so, if you see the opposite where people are being healthy and even loving, right it's really uncomfortable. I had that even with growing up in South Florida, I had a lot of um, Latin American girlfriends. And so their families were like the complete opposite of mine. I mean, everyone's open and talking about everything with everyone all the time. And, and there's hugging and singing and dancing. And, and it was like so opposite because my, my world, my family was so shut down and so disconnected from themselves emotionally. And in turn, you know, disconnected from everyone else emotionally. And, you know, people were just kind of, there, there wasn't any warmth. You know, there, it wasn't a family. It was just a bunch of people that shared the same genetics, just sometimes in the same room together. But no one was, you know what I mean? There was no love. And so all that was really uncomfortable for me. So I had to learn. And so, you know, that's why, by the way, that's why like people wonder why some, some girls like bad guys or, or some people leave healthier situations to go be with, you know other people that are that are abusive or unhealthy or why they stay in abusive and dysfunctional relationships it's because there's a d- to a degree they're used to it and it's like normal for them right they they kind of understand it even though it's painful it's a tough situation to be in and emotionally and mentally because you you're like addicted to abuse right like you're addicted to toxic stuff toxic behavior unhealthy behavior and you're kind of like hurting yourself Even though there's some sense of familiarity there, even though it's not healthy. So I, there came a point where I was like, okay, because I started to see the difference, right? The difference between like my family and other people's families. But even if you go to like, like high octane personal development workshops, you will find, and I know it's scary. (laughs) Talk about scary. You know those nerves when you get like before you go on a roller coaster? And I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, just not forget a roller coaster. Like, for those of us who deal with CPTSD, dealing with people or being in social events or like going to a party or something, I was always like, oh man, like I've done it. <laughs> But it wasn't very comfortable. But I guess that's where the alcohol comes into play at those parties, right? Like, in fact, that's why every. Isn't that why everyone has a cocktail or something? Just to ease every. Maybe everyone has anxiety in those situations. They're just trying to drink to ease that anxiety but so these 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 high octane personal development programs these people were like olympian levels of emotional health and well-being and they could spot it too like they could see like they could see any bs or even with people talking or passive aggressiveness or anything and it was amazing it was really uncomfortable but it was amazing because I could see the difference you know between those people and the people I was used to and it was hard at first but the truth is because I saw the difference I now had some idea or 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 like barometer I guess of of healthy versus unhealthy behavior and so I got to the point where instead of instead of obsessing in my mind about somebody's behavior or or what I said or did or what somebody else said or did um I Took a little bit of a different approach in my own mind and started thinking like, you know, is this, is what happened both for me and from this other person, was it healthy or was it unhealthy? Is there, is, in fact, is their lifestyle healthy or unhealthy? Are they in a healthy place? And that's the other thing. Like, if, if someone says something really mean or nasty or, or, or something that really bothers you and you're, and you're wondering whether you should be around that person or not, I got to the point where I was like, is this a, is this person even in a healthy place emotionally right now? It, it's not to justify what they said, but the truth is, and this is, this is what I had to do with the narcissist was, cause a lot of people in my family are like, well, let the past be the past. And it's like, yeah, but if their behavior hasn't changed, <laughs> if they're if the dynamic hasn't changed really but if their behavior if they haven't changed the behavior from the past is going to be in the present and in the future okay like <laughs> i don't know why that's so hard for some people to believe if the behavior has to radically change in order for them to truly be different Moving forward, and of course, that's not going to happen with a narcissist. They're not going to change. Their behavior is always going to be the same. So, um I just had to. I just. I got to that point where I learned for my own mind what was healthy and what was unhealthy. Right? Even my own self-talk. Right? Like the vicious inner critic is a. That's an example of unhealthy self-talk and an unhealthy thoughts and feelings that we have to ourselves, and then we can project them onto others. But if you learn how to have healthy thoughts to yourself which is how you counter the inner critic and you start to have more not only loving thoughts but more like rational thoughts instead of all you know because we tend to obsess and worry and have anxiety about basically everything in life and things that could happen or might happen because we're we're always waiting for that shoe to drop because of how we've been conditioned in our lives with these narcissistic people i had to learn and and honestly recondition my own thinking to Uh, Have healthy inner self dialogue, but, and then that helped me to recognize healthy behavior in other people. And so, what I mean by this, learning how to spot it, it really helps you psychologically and in turn emotionally to to be able to know what's okay and what's not okay both from you and from other people and it'll become much easier to spot because a lot of times abusive people and especially people that like to play mind games and gaslight and stuff like that they really it's it's not that they it's not just that they want to be abusive to you but they want they really want you to believe that it's okay for them to do it like they have the right to do it or that you somehow deserve it or that this is somehow okay, right? Abusers really like to, they, they really want to groom people to basically accept the abuse, right? And so, you know, we have to fight with that all the time. But if you, if you, you know, learn and recondition your, your thinking to be able to spot healthy versus unhealthy behavior, and this includes communication skills, you know, I had to learn healthy communication skills. And I realized that because sometimes things would happen in my family and somebody else would be like, oh, yeah, but you did this and this and this. And that they would somehow, you know, there's all these justifications for someone else's bad behavior. And after a while, what I realized was there's always in every situation, there's always a healthy way of dealing with things and an unhealthy way of dealing with things, right? There's effective ways and ineffective ways. Uh, and that really includes communication, right? For example, like if somebody has a problem, instead of, you know, yelling and screaming and and blaming and and, you know, throwing a fit or whatever to try to get their, you know, needs met, you know, you can communicate in a calm, rational, healthy way in order to get your emotional needs met, but also to be heard and to, you know, get whatever it is that you want done done, right? It's kind of like people in restaurants where they 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 get the wrong order or it's not cooked right or something and they they become really abusive and rude to the server or something. The truth is there's no need for that. Right? That's, that's an example of unhealthy behavior, right? There's, there's never, a, and that's what I realized too, because I come from a world of so much conflict and so much arguing and yelling and screaming on a regular basis. There really is no need to yell and scream ever, really. You know, I mean, un- unless you're in some kind of military, um, training or something like that, and it's specifically being done for training purposes, but, you know, it, when it comes to communication, just every day, whether you're with friends or family or in work, you know, there's no need for that level of conflict and, and animosity, right? You can get your needs met in healthy ways. So, uh, this really helps because I know a lot of us have trouble trusting ourselves, but also trusting other people. And what helps to be able to not only sort of soothe you inwardly, emotionally, but also to be able to open up to more people is, um, you know, learning to really recognize and understand the difference between healthy versus unhealthy behavior from other people because when you can do that with yourself when you you know you can you know continue to keep unhealthy people out of your life but this will allow you to be able to spot and recognize healthy enough people and safe enough people for you to develop relationships with let me let me give you a quick example of something that happened with an old friend of mine who Wasn't a narcissist, but she came from a narcissistic background and and had many of the same emotional issues that I had, including the codependency and stuff like that and not knowing how to communicate. So she was a graphic designer and I needed a logo for one of my channels. So I asked her, Hey, could you design a logo for me? And she said, sure. Right. And so I said, okay. So, uh, you know, thank you. And, you know, so what, what are your rates? You know, what do you charge? And what she said to me was, well, You're a good friend of mine. You know, I'm more than happy to do it for you. Um, and at the time I was working at a hotel and she said, you know, maybe if I ever need a discount at a hotel or something, you could do that for me. So I said, fine, which I would have done anyway. (laughs) Right. Like uh, for family or friends, always getting discounts for people. But so I said, okay. And so she did it for me. And there came a time where she did need to use a discount at a hotel and I got it for her. And then like, I want to say maybe like a six months to a year went by from that point, and I hadn't talked to her. And she called me; she got a hold of me, and she said, um, "Oh, I'm I'm planning this trip, uh, you know, to this particular place, and and I was hoping I could use your hotel discounts again." And you know, the truth is, I I wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a problem, but at the time I was no longer working at the hotel, so I told her that, and I was like, you know, I um, I, I would be happy to help you, but I don't work at the hotel anymore. I'm really sorry. And so then she got really mad, right? Like, and, and, uh, she said, oh my God, like, you know, I can't believe this, you know? And then she said, so how, how would you like to handle the, the logo that I made you? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, uh, <laughs> cause you got to understand. And I'm, I'm sure if you're f- listening to this, you're following me here. Like, first of all, I know we had this sort of agreement for her to, you know, get a hotel discount for doing the logo for me. But at the beginning of this, she said there was no charge. I mean, that's what she she said. I'll do this for you as a friend. I thought the hotel thing was kind of like just tongue-in-cheek, you know, bonus stuff. But I didn't think it was an actual, like, you know, contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I thought she did it for free because that's what she said to me. I asked her what the, you know, what she wanted to charge. And she said, uh, that's what she said to me about the, the, you know, I'll do it for you as a friend. And if I ever need a hotel discount, by the way, she did have a hotel discount. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have any discussions about how many hotel. I mean, is this going to go on for the rest of our lives or like, you know what I mean? So anyway, fast forwarding to when when we're having this conversation where I told her I'm not working at the hotel anymore. And she said, um, you know, she was like, well, how, how do you want to like square up with the logo? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, the logo I made you. And I said, yeah, I, I know about the logo, but I don't understand what you mean by square up. I thought, I thought you did that for me as a friend. And then she just got really mad at me and said, this is why you don't have any friends. And I, I never heard from her again, even, <laughs> even to this day, I, I haven't heard from her again. So I was really hurt and honestly confused. And the issue here was, Because uh, I didn't, I really didn't know what she meant, right? Like, I I didn't know, and and the you know what the truth is? The reason is because there was not clear communication here on her part, right? Like, she didn't make her needs met. So everything that happened there was not healthy, right, on her part. It it wasn't clear, it wasn't healthy communication. And then she, you know, it, it resulted in her, you know, being really, saying something really mean and nasty to me. And, you know, this was somebody who also, like, Was someone I would confide in, and you know, dealing with CPTSD, I had a really hard time trusting people. She was one of these people in my life that I actually would talk to, and actually, you know, I met her through like one of those personal development programs that I would talk to. So, this was someone that was really close to me, and so for her, and I shared a lot of sensitive stuff with her over the years. So, for her to say something like, This is why you don't have any friends, and just block me or whatever. I mean, it was, it was really hurtful. It was like more hurtful than if anyone else said it. So the truth is, what happened there was at the beginning of that, you know, uh, situation, at the beginning of that, that, uh, transaction, when I asked how much would you like for the logo, that's her time, <laughs> you know, to tell me, even if I didn't ask that. That's when she's, the person who's doing the task is supposed to tell you how much it is, right? And she didn't do that. She should have said, in fact, I really think that she, she was playing some mind games there at the end because, it, it, you know, when, when you say something, when someone says, how much, you know, are you going to charge for this? And they say, don't worry about it. You're a good friend of mine. That means I'm doing it for free, right? That doesn't mean there's some hidden fees that, that a year or a year and a half from now, like, i going to bring back and, you know, and so she tried to play this game where somehow I was in the wrong, right? You see the games, the mind games there, or the, like somehow I was screwing her over or something. But and and so I really had that concern inside me. Like, did I? What did I do? Like, I didn't even know what I just didn't even understand. Like, I thought I thought the the logo was free. I mean, it had been like a year since I had it. I wasn't. It wasn't even on my mind. And this just came out of left field. So, the first unhealthy thing that happened in that communication was she should have been very clear about her. You know, if she wanted money. Or if she wanted a hotel, you know, like... but And that's the other thing. She did get a hotel room discount. And, you know, I don't know how, you know, those logos are. I mean, it got to the point where I was like, forget this. I'm just going on to Fiverr. I mean, my God, you, you can get a logo done for like 20 bucks on Fiverr. You know what I mean? I would much rather have just done that at that point than go through all this with this girl. And, you know, but she didn't say, oh, I, I would like, uh, you know, three hotel stays or you know, two hotels days or four, like there was no clear, it was all, it, there was no clear communication, and then when that, when that happened later on, where I was no longer working at the hotel and couldn't give her the, that discount, she should, she, instead of saying, you know, how would you like to square up for the logo, I mean, that that's like, it's like you go to the store to buy some stuff, and the store asks you how much you would like to pay for your groceries or something, it's it's so bizarre, What she should have said was, you know what? Um, I mean, she should have been professional. There was, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, I didn't know. I I didn't work at the hotel anymore. It had been a while, right? So, because she wanted to believe, she wanted to twist things to make it seem like I just wasn't paying her. But that wasn't the, I didn't even know what the, this is how crazy it is. Like, I didn't even know what the price was. And she didn't tell me what the price was. Like, so I'm just supposed to guess and kind of anguish in this, you know, mental confusion. You know, it's not like she said, you owe me 50 bucks for the logo and I didn't pay her. That's what she would like to believe, but that's not what happened. So she said, you know, how much would you like to pay for it? And I'm like, what do you mean? I First of all, I thought it was free. But secondly, it's like, this is, this is totally backwards. It's not how it works. You don't ask the customer how much they would. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like... And the, the the craziest part about it is, like, I guess in her mind, she thought I just simply wasn't going to pay her for something she said she was going to do as a friend in the first place. But I would have paid her. You know what I mean? Like, if she said, well, you know, I, I, I had a hotel stay, that's true. And by the way, those hotel discounts, I could save people, like, like 100 bucks or more sometimes. You know, and I think that's pretty fair for a, a simple logo, right? So anyway, she could have said, oh, well, you know, I, I would appreciate it if... If since you're not working at the hotel anymore, you could, you know, pay me a certain amount of money and we could have gone from there. Um, but, you know, even a professional business, they never would have done any. There were no, none of these mind games would be going on. None of this, you know, issues with there is no. And so, you know, this is this is an example of some unhealthy behavior on her part. It's not the worst thing that ever happened in the world, but she really like wanted to. Instead of communicating clearly with me, she tried to turn everything around on me. That somehow I was quote screwing her over or something. But she didn't even give me a price, and she didn't even stick around long enough to have a, a, a conversation with me before I even you know knew knew what was going on. She just said, "This is why you don't have any friends," and and took off. Like I didn't even then. I didn't really understand like. It just was so crazy. None of that should have happened. What should have happened was she should have made her needs known in a healthy way, not only on an emotional level, but financially, right? I asked her, what what do you want? And she she didn't tell me in the beginning, and she didn't tell me when she wanted, I guess, money from me. What was I supposed to do? Just make up a number? That's not work. What do you, you know what I mean? It's crazy. So all of that was incredibly unprofessional uh, behavior. You know, a uh, a business or a professional, none of that ever would have even happened. There, there's no there's no issue with you know there would be no issues like when someone's making some kind of business transaction whether it's for a product or a service or something there is no confusion right there's no confusion about the price the cost all that's dealt with up front and it's clear And the people pay, and then they get their service. It's not like this weird setup where they say they're going to do it for free, and then seven months later they pop in out of nowhere, and you think everything's fine, and they demand that she didn't even demand a certain amount of money, right? So she wasn't communicating in a healthy way. There, she should. And again, this is just a small example, but even from something so simple, (laughs) for those of you who are wondering, I don't think she's a narcissist, but she definitely grew up with one. So that's that's an example of how that kind of dysfunctional emotional behavior. Because you can, can you see you can see like the kind of games on the surface where she's not being clear with communication as far as money goes but under the surface there's some really emo like she's trying to she was abusive i mean to say something like that to me someone who dealt with cptsd that she knows about who's had trouble with trusting people to say this is why you don't have any friends to me from her someone that that was that close to me in my life was extremely abusive it was extremely hurtful I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but it was like, man, she really, because she knew, like, she really dug into me there. And that was really abusive, an abusive thing that she said, you know? And again, I haven't heard, I just can't believe it. Like, this was a good friend of mine. I just really can't believe it. I'm shocked. Um, but, But this is what happens when you're dealing with unhealthy people on an emotional level. Again, she's not a bad person. But she just wasn't at that emotional level where she, she was mature enough to, I guess, just communicate what she, what her needs were emotionally and, and financially for me. So once I learned how, like, what's acceptable, right? Behavior and what's accept, And because, you know, you come, that's one example of all kinds of communication games. All that kind of stuff is everyday stuff with narcissists and other unhealthy people. They never communicate because they can't communicate because a lot of them don't even know how, right? They don't know what their emotional needs are. That's why they're always yelling and screaming and, and trying to get you in trouble for something. When you learn how to, you, you can, uh, recognize healthy versus unhealthy behavior, whether it's behavior or just communication or something. It's not only helpful to know who, who to avoid. But it's really helpful for you inside, right? Psychologically, emotionally, it's like, okay, this is not okay. This is this is not because a lot of times the narcissist will try to convince you that their behavior is okay, and a lot of times the enablers. Will try to convince you that, like, if you have a problem with what's going on here, it's, it's you, it's not them. Every, they want you to believe that everything going on, (laughs) you know, all the fighting and yelling and dysfunction and chaos that is 100% happening is perfectly fine. Either they want you to believe that it's not happening at all, or they want you to believe that it's perfectly fine and it's okay. And if there's a problem here, it's you, not the, not them. And so it's very confusing. So, you know, I at this point, I can walk into situations and say, oh, man. Like, I could just see it. Like, you know, when I say unhealthy, I mean, like, emotionally unhealthy, right? I can just see it right away. Like, if somebody's just walking into somebody's house, I'm like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. Like, this this isn't going to... Because you know it's like it just leads to... <laughs> One thing, it's like if you're looking at the structure of a house and there's a bad foundation or there's some termites or something, something at the core that really needs to be dealt with, it's not going to be good. So at this point, I'm like, that's not, it's just not healthy, right? And again, that goes for the people that are always wondering if they're dealing with a narcissist or not. Give yourself permission to forget about the narcissist. I mean, if someone's abusive, if it's unhealthy, if it's making you feel bad, you have every right to, to not want to be around that or not subject yourself to that. And when people try to make you feel bad and put you down, like this friend of mine did, that was, t- shame on her, because she knew, it, that was someone who knew enough, right? Like, that wasn't a narcissist. She really did know what she was doing. And she had, had done a lot of work on herself. She never should have, none of that ever should have happened. I, because then she, it was like, again, I was like obsessing, like, man, what did I do? Or it was so confusing. And it was like one of those zingers that I was familiar with with the narcissist, you know what I mean? Like, they zing you with like a curveball, Then you're like, man, what What happened? (laughs) Like, And is it, what happened? Like, what had happened? Was it me? Was it them? What what, am I, you know? And so that went on for a while. I was really hurt because she was, again, a good friend of mine. But none of that, she shouldn't have done that. She was, that was not healthy behavior. It was not healthy communication. And at this point, I can, I can just see it, right? And with other people. And if they're not in a healthy place, I just don't go hang out with them. It's like people doing drugs or something. I'm just not going to go deal with those people. I want to be around healthy, even emotionally healthy people. People that have their, you know, their stuff together, quote-unquote. People that are more professional and mature and emotionally healthy enough to communicate their needs, whatever their needs are, clearly I'm just not dealing with any any unhealthy stuff anymore. So, anyway, just learning, learn, work on work on learning the difference, recognizing the difference between healthy and unhealthy behavior and communication from others and it will help you so in so many ways and you won't have to, you know, worry and strain. You you'll just know that's not healthy. It's like cigarettes, right? Not healthy. Don't want to do it. We don't have to obsess about it. It's really clear-cut and simple and we can move on with our lives and in our mind, right? So anyway, I hope that is a little helpful for you learning how to recognize healthy versus unhealthy behaviors. And uh, if you have some unhealthy behaviors or fleas, you can work on yourself and recondition yourself as well to have better communication skills. And yeah, it's it's great. I, I would much rather feel healthy than unhealthy and be around healthy people than unhealthy people. So I hope you guys are doing well. I will see you in the next episode and I'll see you over on the YouTube channel as well. Take care.